First Responder Friday is a production of Conjo Studios and is sponsored by PTSD 911 Movie. Learn more at PTSD911Movie.com. Welcome to First Responder Friday. My name is Conrad Weaver. I'm your host for the program. I'm coming to you from my studio here in Maryland. And today we have a very special guest. I'm not going to waste a lot of time because I want to get into her story. But I want to say thank you for watching. Thank you for being a part of our community here at PTSD 911. As you know, if you're watching on Facebook, you're watching from our PTSD 911 movie page. Thank you for following us. Thank you for liking us. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you as well for joining us and Twitter as well. So today we have a very special guest. It's a very special episode of First Responder Friday. And I want to bring on uh, our guest, Shelly Olson, is from Granby, Colorado. Am I right? Is that right? That's where I work, but uh, Grand Lake is, was where my home was. Yeah. So, Shelly, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what you do. You're in the fire service, and, and, and what's your history there? Back in, I think it was 2008, maybe, um, I had a friend and a neighbor, um, Donnie, and he kept bugging me about joining the volunteer fire department in Grand Lake, and I finally did. And they sent me to EMT school, um, which was amazing. And I got a job on the ambulance, uh, worked worked for Grand County EMS for a few years, and then I worked in the medical center. And then when the medical center closed, I got a job at Grand Fire Protection District in Granby. I started in administration, but right away, I started on um, the Ready, Set, Go program from the um, International Association of Fire Chiefs. That was my thing, telling people how to prepare for wildfire. So I became a public information officer. Um, You know, I was pretty lucky. I got um, promoted very quickly when the fire chief was not there any longer. So I became the assistant chief. Community risk reduction is my thing. Uh, wildfire preparation. Um, I, I have a nonprofit now called the Grand County Wildfire Council. We do free chipping days so people can get rid of slash. And so I've I've been doing wildfire preparedness for as long as I've been in this business. So this really hit home. <laughs> so I used to live in Colorado. I kind of know where you're at. But for the audience, mm-hmm. kind of tell us where where Grand Lake is at and kind of where sure. it's situated in the state. Okay. So, you know, again, my fire district is in Granby and we have 152 square miles around the town of Granby that we protect and serve. Um, There are five different fire districts in Grand County. We are about 90 minutes northwest of Denver, um, up and over Berthoud Pass. Now, my home in Grand Lake would be at the very west entrance to Rocky Mountain National Park. So if you go up and over on the other side, that's Estes Park. And that's kind of people can visualize where it is. So Grand Grand Lake is, a, I mean, an amazing place, the, the largest natural lake in Colorado. Um, obviously, you know, at my place, we looked at um, Rocky Mountain National Park and the forest. And behind us was the Metropolitan Rec District. So that was the golf course. Um, we just a beautiful, beautiful place. So I know that over the the last number of years, there's been a big infestation of beetles or something that killed a lot of the trees. So the beetle epidemic really started in Grand County. I mean, we call that ground zero. Um, the Williams Fork fire that started in August, that was right there at the epicenter of the beetle devastation. And so we've known for a long time that, you know, we're going to have an issue with this. And I mean, they're just, 
I, so much work that you, I mean, the forest was doing work. We were doing work, but yes, the beetle kill was a huge problem. And to fight fire in that is so dangerous. Um, it's very, very difficult to put firefighters in there. So I worked on that Williams Fork fire for like 50 days. Hmm. And, uh, what was that, was that the Williams Fork fire just happened on, in August. Okay. Yeah. Um, so um, again, my friends and I, public information officers working on fires all summer, just nonstop. I uh, started in, in Tucson on the Bighorn and just kept working all summer. I worked on the Williams Fork. And then um, come October, we thought, well, we really need to get away and just relax for a few days. <laughs> so my friend and I um, got on a plane and went to Florida to her condo. And um, that was when uh, the East Troublesome started. And so what happened with that? Do, do we know what started that fire? Or I, I mean, it's human caused. That's all we know. Mm-hmm. And that fire was really explosive. <laughs> I mean, it really just blew up. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, talking to different people about it. Um, <clears throat> one of my neighbors sent me this message. He said, it took days for the East Troublesome to grow to 19,000 acres. And then boom, you know, in a, in a short amount of time, it went to 170,000 acres. And that simply doesn't happen. I mean, we, it, it's just so disturbing to say that we've never seen this before. Um, you know, just again, the, the word I hate the most in 2020 is unprecedented, but um, you know, that's kind of what it is. It's just never happened before, but I mean, it, it was likened to 70 football fields in a minute. Wow. So yes, it moved so fast. Um, my husband was at home by himself with our dog and he got a, well, again, I had to call him and tell him and my daughter had to call him and tell him that he was under pre-evacuation and he started getting things ready. Um, I said to him, if you could just please, like, this is what I tell people, the weakest link in your house is how it's going to burn to the ground. So go outside and take all the cushions off of the deck chairs. So he spent all this time untying cushions and getting them inside so that they wouldn't be the thing that started the house on fire. So he didn't, then five minutes later, go now. Hmm. So he didn't have anything. He had his bag, the dog and a dog bed and just left. And he left in Florida and I was in Florida with Tracy and um, I was, you know, obviously my my captain on my fire department texted me and said, tell Jeff to go now. Hmm. Um, so there was this, you know, kind of communication going on back and forth. Um, he got in the car and he started driving out of the neighborhood. He said it was like a freight train. Uh, the sound, um, somebody else likened it to a fleet of helicopters hmm. over your head. I can't even imagine what that sounds like. Hmm. So, Yeah. And then, I mean, obviously, your house was right in the middle of that, and and you pretty much lost everything. Yeah, it's um. So I wanted to know if my house was gone or not, and of course, I mean, everybody wants to know, and it's. I, I felt very selfish, um, calling my firefighters and asking them because I know that they were b- busy. But one of um, my my wildland captain, Joe, called me um, and said, what was your address again? And I told him and he and I this is at probably 
two in the morning, East Eastern time. So maybe midnight in Colorado and they are in the middle of the biggest firefight that they've ever been in. And he um, pulled up to my driveway and said, he didn't think he, he didn't think anything was left. So, um, and he just said, I have to go because they were still working. So they let, he let me know that it was gone. Um, and I just couldn't even imagine what everything looked like. And then my other friend, Tony, she said, would you like to see a picture? And I really did want to see a picture. So she texted me the pictures and I could not even believe that it was just a pile of ashes. I mean, I, we built this house, um, you know, for our kids to go to school in Grand Lake and, and to live there. And to have like that that log house that had such giant logs to be reduced to such a tiny pile of ash is just horrifying. Hmm. Wow. Well, I'm very sorry for your loss. I'm very Thank sorry you. For the, I can't imagine what that's like. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I've always been on the other side, you know, um, working on fires and helping evacuees, you know, having them, you know, just please be patient. And when they want to go back in and see their house and how it's very dangerous and trees can fall and there's no power and things like that. And, and now to be on the other side of it, I, I'm just like, you know, numb, I guess. Um, and I'm normally working in an emergency operations center or an, an incident management team. And I just feel helpless. Um, I try to insert myself when I can, because I want to keep busy because that's what helps. I think, me keep my mind, you know, from going to dark places. And so it's just really hard, Conrad, you know, um, I want to help, but I also know that I probably need to take care of myself as well, because this is, you know, it's not a death of a person, but it's kind of a death of a, of a lifetime that we had. And I think that, you know, first responders, we are the worst patients ever. You know, you get an EMT putting them on a gurney. I mean, they are horrible patients. So we really need to accept help and we need to, God, we need to make sure that we take care of ourselves because we don't want to go to those dark places because it's very easy to do that. You know, I mean, you know, you've been doing this and you've met some people who've gone through some really horrible stuff. Right. So what, what do you do? Well, I mean, how do you take care of yourself? Um, or is that something you're still figuring out? Yeah, I guess. Um, you know, it's, it's been um, a week is it Friday today? So a week and two days. So nine days. Um, it's hard to sleep. Um, it's hard to eat. I am. You just want to like, I, I like Chardonnay. So I like to, I drink and I need to, you know, <laughs> need to not do that, but talking to people, um, you know, I just called my friend last night who's in California and he lost his house in a wildfire as well. So that really helped when I see the firefighters that are still here in our county. Um, I'm over on the east side now in Winter Park. Um, when I see them eating out um, in a restaurant, I will make sure I say hi to them and tell them thank you for, for um, being here and um, saving all the homes that they saved. Mm -hmm. Because it's not about losing 300 structures. It's about saving thousands. So. Um, that helps me a lot when I see them and I can say hi to them. And, and it just, we have this, you know, the connection, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, we all, um, we just know, we just, you know, we have to rely on each other so that I, I think that helps me a lot. Um, 
I go to my fire station um, when I can and um, try to do something. I don't know. I don't know what, but um, uh, my fire chief just texted today and said, um, we need some help getting some FaceTime with some of our residents who are trying to get back in. Um, I don't, you know, whether they have a home or not, but um, I told them I wanted to be there and I wanted to help. So I, I hope that I can, can do that and just, you know, keep busy and stay connected. Um, you know, I, I haven't been able to look at Facebook or, or really like watch any of the news. Like I know I've been on the news, but I don't, I haven't seen any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it would be, um, traumatic again. Um, but yeah, Facebook is hard. There's so much out there. And when I do look at it, I'll see, you know, somebody else that has lost their house and I'll have to, I just comment and say, um, you know, I feel your pain because I really do. Um, but you know, there's nine of us, there's nine first responders who, who lost everything. Um, Myself, uh, I lived in Winding River Villas, and Kevin Piercy lived in Winding River as well um, at the Baptist camp, and he lost everything and his two dogs, so pray for him. He's very, very heartbroken. He worked for Grand Lake Fire as a volunteer. Blake Shannon, Grand Lake volunteer. Uh, Rachel Bourne was Rachel Bourne and um, Jody Kern are the two longest dispatchers in grand county's dispatch center i mean when they're not on duty you're like whoa they are the they have been there the longest and they know everything and the two of them both lost their homes and they were just down you know in in the neighborhood next to me and then you go um down the road you know this this fire went from highway 125 in granby which is my fire district grand fire and just swept all the way through, you know, on the west side of Highway 34, all the way to the Rocky Mountain National Park. Mm-hmm. So when people say, you know, Grand Lake, this is a Grand Lake thing. It is not Grand Lake. It is Grand County. It is Granby. My fire district's going to have suffer so many losses. I mean, an entire neighborhood that just went through the inclusion process to join our fire wow. district is gone. Wow. You know, I don't know how many houses are there, but anyway, so I was talking and then going up to these roads. So then you have Michael McShane, who is a Westminster fire department. He lost his house. And then his neighbor was Don, Dan Shannon, and he lost his house. He's a West Metro firefighter. Um, I can't, I don't know where I, if I lost count, but I think, I think that might be all of us first responders. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see them and talk to them. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been on the phone with all of them, um, you know, and we just have to be there for each other. And What's been the response in the community? I know I saw a, a, a news story where, where somebody brought some things for you. What's oh. been the response for people around? Gosh, the response has been incredible. Um, I get, you know, a text or a phone call almost every day. Um, you know, asking if I need a place to live. Um, and you can see behind me that um, Jim and Lindy Kennedy, um, he was, uh, he's a retired doc here in Winter Park. He opened up his home and uh, letting us stay here. So um, that's been amazing to have a place to be. And then my friends, uh, gosh, um, Shannon, who you might have seen me with on a news program, and Elise and Pickles and you know, everybody who's just been, you know, gathering things. We, we had a house over here in Winter Park that was 
the garage and the entire living room were full of donated things, you know, clothes and toothpaste and diapers and everything. And we just yesterday cleaned out the house and got all the things delivered to different places. Um, the Grand Lake Center took some of the clothing and uh, the Pregnancy Resource Center took the diapers and things for, for moms that need it. Um, so the outpouring has just been incredible. Um, and then my friend Megan is the executive director of the Grand Foundation. And the Grand Foundation is, um, it supports all of the like nonprofits in Grand County. So my, you know, little wildfire council, we would apply for a grant to do, you know, maybe a chipping day and, and Megan's Grand Foundation would help us. And now um, they have started the emergency wildfire fund. So when the Williams Fork started, they were like, let's, let's put together an emergency fund for people who need help for wildfire, you know, impact. And that fund, I, I want to say it was $25,000 before I went to Florida. And it's, I mean, it's got to be, it's over a million dollars right now. Wow. And so, wow. I mean, people have just donated their money, their clothes. I mean, Natasha said to her friends, take take your favorite thing out of your closet and um, we're going to give it to Shelly and the people who need it. Um, so it's just been amazing. I can't even tell you. So if other people want to make a contribution, maybe they're around the country, where, where can they go to make a financial contribution? Yeah. So the Grand Foundation, um, the Wildfire Emergency Fund. Um, I'm going to go to your website here. And, oh, my gosh. That's my website. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there a link on here? Go visit BeWildfireReady.org um, and they can find out what you know, our little nonprofit has been doing, but you can go to the bottom and click on Grand Foundation. Yeah. You go to that website, bewildfireready.org, and scroll to the bottom, click on the Grand Foundation button down here, and you can go there and make a donation to, uh, to help the fire victims there in Grand County, Colorado. Yep, and, absolutely. So, you know, so speaking as a firefighter and as someone who, you know, works these fires, what I mean, you, and you've had some huge. You had the biggest fires ever in Colorado. This yeah, you know, two of them back to back, almost they were close to coming together. Correct. And what? Why is that happening? Why do you? I mean, it's October. You know, tomorrow's November. I mean, why is that happening? Yeah, you know, Conrad, that's a really good question, and I don't even think I want to go there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I. That's a whole nother podcast, right? It is. It is. It really is. Like, why is this happening? I mean, again, it's we're seeing fire behavior that, that we've never seen. Um, you know, it's hot. It's dry. You know, we're, we're in a drought. Um, we have the beetle kill. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just uh, it was just a matter of time. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, I was working on another documentary about the, the drought in the West and mm-hmm. it's called Thirsty Land. And we were in in uh, California, in Central Valley, California. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting at this restaurant one night. There's these two guys sitting at the bar and we started talking to them. And they were end up being pilots for one of the, the fire bombers or the, 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 big the, yeah, the, yeah, the air tankers, we call them yeah, the air tankers. And they were like, Hey, why don't you come out to the airport and we'll show you the plane. So we got to go out there and we wow. didn't get to ride along, but we got to get, go into the plane and saw all the stuff. And they were telling us that they had fought the fire, that was this was back in 2015 they were on the big fire just north of san francisco that was just i think maybe it was the paradise fire no, oh the, paradise. the campfire maybe the campfire it was the campfire they they said we have never ever seen fire act that way right 
And I'm hearing that again this year. Right. Well, I, I, you know, and maybe have a, have a podcast with, um, you know, one of our fire behavior analysts, um, you know, an expert, a meteorologist. So, I mean, they talk climate change a lot and I'm not even going to go there, but, um, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It's, I, I it's just, really complicated, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you talked about you talked about aircraft when the Williams Fork fire was here. We got to go to the Hella base and we I walked through the um, the Chinooks and the Blackhawks. And oh, my gosh, they're just it's uh, impressive. Yeah. Yeah. But in this, you know, in this sense, um, people always ask, you know, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Um, I'm you know, they 60 mile an hour to 100 mile an hour winds. You cannot fly and and you can't drop retardant unless there are firefighters on the ground to make it effective. Mm-hmm. You can't fly them at night. So, you know, the, you know, you factors there. That- oh, tons, tons of factors. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and people, and that's the one thing too, that I, you know, in my job trying to educate people on, you know, why, like I'm getting, I'm getting messages from my HOA, you know, they're in a, mm-hmm. in a, you know, a thread talking to each other and we're going to put pressure on the sheriff to do this. And, and I, I just want to say, and actually it's not my neighborhood. It's another neighborhood, but please people be patient. Hmm. This is a huge process. It has been nine days. I worked on fires where people were out for way longer than this mm-hmm. and it is dangerous. It is, um, uh, you know, putting people back in there when this and then the snow melts and then there's smoke everywhere. And it's like, it's please be patient. Um, you know, our sheriff is doing a damn good job and he's doing the best he can and making the best decisions he can with the information he has at the time. And we have to be understanding and work together. And, you know, this isn't just a, like I said before, not a Grand Lake problem. This is a grand county thing. This is all of us, um, you know, affected from, like I said, from 125 all the way to the park um, and everybody in between. So what's the uh, and, and if you don't know this, answer, what, what's the ratio of like full time to volunteers mm-hmm. in, in your area? You, you, I'm sorry, firefighters. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I want to say we have about 100 and some 140 or so volunteer firefighters. Mm-hmm. five fire districts and um, Grand Lake is the only one that had shifting firefighters. So they were working, you know, they work whether 48 hours on or 96 hours off. I don't know what their schedule was, but they are the only ones that had shifting firefighters. And then the rest of us uh, in the County, like my fire department has, there's um, five of us that work that are, you know, paid, mm-hmm. I guess you call us career. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then same thing over at East Grand Fire, there's about six paid and then hot sulfur Springs and Kremling. The only paid positions they have are um, an assist, a chief. And then um, they have, I think one has an assistant chief. So mm-hmm. very few paid firefighters in Grand County. We, you know, we're, we rely on the volunteers and Here's one of my missions, Conrad. Uh, people talk about, you know, giving money to us and the first responders, people who've lost their homes. But think about the firefighters who um, responded to a pager mm-hmm. and didn't go home for two days mm-hmm. and did not get paid and could not go to their real job. Mm-hmm. Those are the folks that I am going to look out for and make sure that they do not get overlooked um, because 
you know, you talk about you have an incident management team who manages a fire and all those people have resource orders and they get paid by the, you know, the federal government. But none of these people have a resource order. Yeah. So the volunteers um, don't have to show up. No, but they did and they do. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Absolutely. You know, that's they hear the pager and they run to help anybody and everybody. And some of those folks, I mean, we had a we call it the after action review um, to talk about what went well and what we could do differently. And um, we did that on Tuesday and it was very, very difficult. Um, I had firefighters who were one of them said, I give myself an F. Um, you know, I, I kept you in an area that I shouldn't have kept you in um, for, for, you know, it's, we shouldn't have been there. And a lot of them were afraid for their lives. Um, it was dangerous. Um, they are, some of them are new to firefighting, you know, wildland firefighting. It's a whole nother ball game. So, um, you know, just hearing their stories and hearing how, you know, they were, they were afraid. Um, but also hearing, you know, just stories of, you know, we saved this house and we saved this house. And, you know, they just sat there and, and they, they were met by so much flame and so much heat and, and they had to, they had to back out, but then they go back in right after the flame goes through and try to see what they can save and put out little fires that are around the houses and things. And so they were doing that. Um, I know that the, we went from a, you know, fire fighting fire along, you know, that corridor, to holy crap we got to get everybody out and it, it happened so quickly so the sheriff's deputies um all of them in there uh, i hear of their cars have been burned um they have been burned um they went into door to door to try to rescue everyone and tell everyone my neighbor who texted me he's um we live by the golf course and he had this wonderful beautiful lodge and he said that the deputies knocked on his door and said, you have about an hour to go. So get your stuff together and go. And he had a sprinkler and he was putting the sprinkler on his house. And then five minutes later, his wife comes screaming in and says, we have to go now. And that's when he said the helicopter sound was over his head. And um, he, we had no, they had no time, you know, nobody had any time. And those deputies went in there and they risked their lives. Um, and, you know, we did have two fatalities. They were uh, a, an elderly couple, um, Lyle and Marilyn, and um, they lived down one one neighborhood over from me. But they decided to stay. Um, he, I hear that he is a 30-year veteran of the Denver Fire Department. Mm. So um, that was the they were neighbors to my friends Tim and Cammy. Oh, really? Yeah. So the Gilmores lived out there. Up there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you have to introduce me to them. Yeah, I will. I will. Okay. Yeah. So um, just wow. Crazy stories. How? So the other night, I was watching one of the one of the Channel Seven stories that they had, and there was a firefighter, a, a young woman who said she was on the on the fire truck going back to the fire and came past all these houses that were burning, and one of them was hers. And she said, "I just looked out the window and just said, bye house," as she went back to whatever they were doing. You know, it's like, how do you do that? How do you? How do you? you know, put your own stuff aside to go deal with the broader picture. Um, yeah, that's wow. Um, the first responders and firefighters are a special breed, <laughs> you know, we have to be some sort of crazy, you know, to do what we do. Um, but also <clears throat> there's no, I mean, we obviously 
care about others, right? I mean, we, um, I don't know. I mean, you, you take, like I said before, like keeping yourself busy and occupied and helping others and, you know, helping with donations and helping fight fire and, um, you know, keeping your mind off of your loss. But at some point, you know, she's going to have to address that and, and stop and think and actually grieve the loss. Right. I mean, you can't just say buy house and move on. So my message to her would be, you know, thank you so much for what you do and what you did. And, um, there's, there's, there's nobody like you, but stop and take care of yourself and make sure that you grieve your loss because, you know, it's, it's, you know, I didn't lose a family member. Thank God. Um, I could have, but I'm mourning the loss of a house and a, and a life that we had there. Um, and so it feels like a death. Um, and I think you go through those stages of grief. I mean, I definitely went through, I mean, the denial was pure from, you know, I could not, could not accept it. I said over and over again, no, this cannot be. And, um, and I, you know, I flew home the next morning. Um, I didn't obviously sleep. I just laid, you know, crying all night, got on a flight, um, first thing on Thursday morning. And I went straight to a hotel in Denver and met my family. And we went to um, a restaurant and we ordered a, um, an appetizer and it just sat in the middle of the table and we just cried the whole time. And we see up on the TV, you know, the troublesome fire and different news clips and we're bawling our eyes out and the waitresses and they don't even know what to do. And they would come over and bring us a dessert. And I mean, they didn't know what to do. And then it was so crazy, the story. So we did that and we, they packed us this whole bag of food to take back to the hotel with us. And we, um, we were so thankful. And then two days later, I get a Facebook message and she said, I'm sorry, this is so weird, but were you at BJ's, um, brewery the other night? Um, I think I saw you on the news and I just wanted to reach out to you and see how you're doing. And, oh my gosh, you know, things like that just, um, fill your heart. You know what I mean? It's just, people have been so amazing. We went into, um, Murdoch's uh, to buy uh, some dog toys because our dog had no toys and he was just driving us nuts. And the manager just bought it all for us. Um, and we went to Sharky's and had breakfast and they bought it all for us. I mean, it's just been, the outpouring has been amazing, but um, yeah. You know, I think those are the kind of stories that, you know, we see the news these days and, and all the craziness going on and, yeah. and that the people around the world can get this really negative picture of Americans. Yeah. You know, but there's some really good people, yes. you know? Yes. There are some really good people out there. Absolutely. And I think Grand County has most of them there. <laughs> um, I'm from Minnesota originally. So yeah, we have Minnesota. We we're Minnesota. Nice. Right. Love uh, my people there. Um, but yeah, Grand County, it's just been they've just been wonderful. And, and again, everywhere, everywhere. I mean, anybody that's reached out has just been amazing. So I like to take that opportunity to say thank you to everybody who has supported all of, you know, us, the first responders and, um, you know, all the victims of, of wildfire from not just our fire. I mean, my God, Cameron Peak and Mullen and, you know, Williams Fork and then all the ones in California and Arizona and we're not unique, right? I mean, everybody in the West has been going through this. And I 
was always on the other side of it. And now I'm, a, you know, what's called a victim, right? Of the fire. And um, it's, I will never do my job the same again. You know, I, it's, it's traumatic. It's, um, but it's an opportunity. Um, tomorrow I'm going to go help people get back into their houses. So. Hmm. Well, Shelly, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today here on this podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Conrad. It was very um, apprehensive. I didn't know, but this really feels, <clears throat> really feels good to talk about it. And thank you so much. Yeah. Well, you know, it's people that do what you guys do are, I mean, I'm just amazed, always amazed at your resilience and your, your committedness to the job and to the work. I mean, so I get the texts from my local fire station here because they uh, approved me to ride along with them. So I get <laughs> messages, you know, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. It's like, here these guys are jumping up. Last night it was 2.30 in the morning. You know, their pager goes off and they're off doing whatever they do. You know, it's like yep. I'm sleeping in my bed and yep. you guys are just out there doing the work. And and then to have, you know, a tragedy that hits home like this is just, you know, kind of a, a really, you know, stab in the heart and... I can't imagine what that feels like. So I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so for much. What, what you do and for what you do for your community. I know with, with leaders like you, your community is going to rebound and going to become really an amazing place. More <laughs> Thank amazing you so than much. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. for those green trees to come back. But um, It will be. <laughs> well, I hope that we can have um, a beverage at the Ott House. We will do that. So you come here and and you know what? If you need a place to stay, my wife and I have an Airbnb. You have Yay. a great place to stay. No okay. Charge. Okay. We'll, we'll come. We'll make that happen for sure. Awesome. So, so tell us once more where people can go to uh, make a donation to uh, to help sure. support the, the fire victims. Sir. Sure. So um, the Grand County Wildfire Council has a website called BeWildfireReady.org. And you can you can donate to the wildfire council and we'll help people clean up their homes and and get rid of their slash and cut down those trees and things like that. But at the bottom of the page, you can donate monetarily to the Grand Foundation. And it's an emergency um, wildfire fund for for everyone who's been affected and they will pay your mortgage. They will buy you whatever you need if you don't have it anymore. Um, So Grand Foundation is uh, really our our go-to place for helping, um, helping our community members. So thank you so much for letting me um, communicate that to everyone. Thank you, Shelly, for being on the program today. Thank you for your time to tell your story and the impact that uh, this fire has had on you personally. I really appreciate you being willing to open up like that. And thank you for listening to the First Responder Friday podcast. My name is Conrad Weaver, and I'll come back to you again next week for a brand new show. Next week, we have a special guest. His name is Pat Welsh. He is an author, a speaker, a trainer, and an expert witness, retired major from the Dayton Police Department in Ohio, and an author of a number of books, as well as a highly rated adjunct instructor with the Southern Police Institute and teaching on legal issues and prosecuting homicide cases. He's going to be on the program next Friday live on our Facebook and YouTube channels. So please join us there or wait for the podcast episode to drop and I'll post it as soon as possible. Thank you for listening to the First Responder Friday podcast. If you want to see the entire interview with Shelly Olson today, go to our YouTube channel, PTSD 911 Movie. Just search that on YouTube or go to our 
website, ptsd911movie.com, or you can find us on Facebook at the same, at ptsd911movie. I encourage you to like it and share it and let your network know about this podcast and about the programs that are coming up. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you again next week on the First Responder Friday podcast. Have a great day. Thank you.